Adversity doesn't discriminate. Will you have hard times? Yes, you probably already have. Hello, hello, this is Lara Pereca. And based on a resilience expert, I'm going to give you three tips of what she says you can do to bounce back. Ah, adversity, something we all face many times in our lives. We want to be calm and stable and clear during times, during times of strife, but it's not that easy, is it? And it's even harder to recover from the adversity afterwards. Grief, travesties that occur, these things can get, cause us overwhelming stress. That's right. So what we need to look at is what our options are. Maybe there are some opportunities that we can not see right away, but that we do have. And leaning into it so that we can learn from it. We can learn from whatever happens so that in the future, we might be better prepared to handle things than we are today. Yes, yes, I have been very busy lately writing a brand new keynote that will command 7.5 to 10K per speech. Yes, you might think that's a lot of money to make for one hour, but may I remind you that a lot goes into creating a keynote speech, namely the years or decades, I might add, of living the life you must live to be able to have the experience that you can draw on in order to create that fabulous keynote that can transform lives. Oh, we don't want to be the victim, right? We need to, at least in my case, <laughs> always catch ourselves and say to ourselves, there's a silver lining. I'm going to get through this. What have I used in my past to survive? For me, it is perseverance, learning, and taking bold action. What is it for you? What has helped you in tough times? You might want to let that be one of your uh, points of homework for today's session and or just kind of ruminate on it just kind of think what have i done in the past that has helped me to get through tough times to become more resilient to navigate when a travesty occurs you know as a national board certified teacher which means that of all my peers in the entire united states i was in the, in the top 3% that's a big deal right i would think but yet it hasn't been a big enough deal to help me really feel that I'm worthy and really feel that I'm more than enough. Let me explain. I've had some things happen, and don't worry, you'll get to hear the full stories in that 45-minute uh, keynote. But for now, suffice to say that I've realized in my life that the feelings of not fitting in and just wanting to be uh, loved and accepted and belong have really be the, been the undertow of a lot of the grief that I have experienced in life. And I might add that we often create most of our own grief. <laughs> most of our struggling is created in our minds. Someone might say th something to us once, and we repeat it over and over and over in our minds. So who's our bigger enemy? The person who said it once or us who said it, you know, 20 million times to ourselves afterwards? Hmm, let's think about that. I've already told you before that we start, if we're going to create any change, we have to start with our thoughts. Our thoughts create our feelings, and then our feelings create our behaviors. So if you want to change a behavior, you have to kind of go back to the origin. You have to start with the right thought. 
Many a people have said they wanted to be on a diet and then eaten a big old fat piece of chocolate cake while feeling guilty. They might feel guilty before they eat the cake, knowing they're going to. Then they feel guilty while they're eating the cake. And then they still feel guilty afterwards. What was wrong? They said they wanted to be on a diet. The problem is not just the behavior, but going back to not just the feelings, back to the original thoughts. Change your thoughts and you change your mind. I have been working through grief, as many of you know, with my departed spouse. Uh, It's been about five months now, maybe almost six. And, oh my gosh, there's so much involved in that. However, uh, what got me really on the road to helping others as I go through this process myself is knowing of people that have spent 10 years being widowed and still going to grief group and still not through the grief process. Surely I can help them. If I can help myself get through it quickly, I can help others as well. And the research says it takes five years to get through grief, but ain't nobody got time for that. I don't have five years to go through grief. Victimhood? No, thank you. I do not want it. I refuse it. I know that this was a deep travesty, a deep sadness with angst and intrepidation, or shall I say trepidation? <laughs> Let's not get our words uh, mispronounced. The, the trepidation and the angst of knowing that this was a big change ahead of me um, caused a lot of grief in my life. Um, however, learning tips and tools to get through it, learning a strategy to help get through loss is so valuable because we know there's going to be other times in our life that that comes up again, right? It may not be the loss of a job or the loss of a spouse. could be a greater loss or a lesser loss, but nevertheless, we will experience loss, you know, on this planet here. So I looked up a few TED Talks to find out what some of the experts had been saying about adversity and loss and travesty and how you can be more resilient. And here's what I found. First of all, let me tell you what I already know and how I've already been helping others and myself now. (laughs) And that is turning things around by gathering my skill sets my heart set, and my mindset. So that's what I had already been working on, uh, improving my skills, working on that heart set, because let's face it, when you go through hard times, you have to let yourself feel your feelings. And then also the mindset, the least studied organ in our body is probably our brain and our mind and the way we process. So those three I had already been working on. And here are some new things that I've discovered that tie in very well with the things that I'm already sharing with others, but just make it more solid because it's backed by research. And number one is when you're navigating uh, and trying to be more resilient, you need to create a new map. And this is a, a point in my keynote, but in the research, they say that you have to learn ways to navigate. That's the only way you're going to save yourself in your darkest days is to learn ways to navigate when you're faced with these type of travesties. Um, You've got to recognize that tough times will come. Have you already noticed that? (laughs) Have you come to that conclusion? I sure have. Tough times will come, but as I say in my story, stumble but don't crumble. So number one, the research says you got to discover ways to navigate. 
Number two is to select a focus. Now, this is a learnable skill. We can decide what we will focus on. When my younger child was coming back to visit home after moving out, she'd become a young adult, uh, she had broken her arm again, and she was had a lot of trepidation about coming home because she did not like her stepfather. And she said, I don't want to come there. I don't want to come. Honey, I said, he's just a paper tiger. A paper tiger. I had to describe to her what that was. He cannot hurt you emotionally anymore. He will not. You are safe. Come home for the 10 days. Let's get your arm fixed. And then you can hop on a plane and go back to your new place and all will be well. What you focus on. Focus on something as being a real threat and it becomes one in your mind and it will become one in real life. But recognize such things as paper tigers. Recognize that you can ignore threats that aren't really a threat now to you in your life. How many times have I been worried about something, thought it was a threat, had strife over it and stress over it, and then nothing bad ever happened. And I had all that angst for nothing. Which president was it that said it best? I think it was, I think it was Teddy Roosevelt. He said, I've had many, I've worried about many, many a thing in my life, some of which actually came true. Number three, reflection. Say to yourself, is this behavior, whatever it is that you're doing, let's say it's overeating for the person who likes to eat dessert. Is this behavior helping or harming me? (laughs) And this is really taking a look at what we're doing in present time. For me, when my spouse passed away, I had to recognize that some things in the house would trigger me, make me cry. I had to recognize that I could not look at the same things day in and day out that reminded me of that person, of my person who was here in the home with me day in and day out. So what did I do? I grabbed three boxes. One, to put things in that I needed to deal with day to day. You know, the logistics of handling life when someone passes away. The other box was to put things in that I knew were going out, out with the old, right? Going to um, charity, going to other people who needed them, out, out, out. And then the third box was things that I couldn't look at now, but maybe, just maybe in the future, I would have a different perception of them. So I was not sending them away, not throwing them out or giving them away, but I was putting them in a box in the garage to be drawn upon later and looked at and decided, hmm, does this bring me joy now? Perhaps a photo that right now is too painful to look at, but maybe someday in the future I would enjoy looking at. Items like that went in that third box. This was a a way for me to use reflection to recognize that some things are helping me, some things are harming me, and there's something I can do about it. You know what depression is? It's not doing what you love or not being with the people you love or not having anything to look forward to. That's depression. That really is what it is. Now, the solution is more simple than you think. We tend to think that if the problem is big, the solution must be big. If the problem is difficult, the solution must be difficult. But why we came to that conclusion, IDK, (laughs) I don't know, because it is not true. Sometimes the toughest things have the simplest solutions. I've been a brilliant teacher all my life, 
but now I have needed to teach myself. I have had to become a detective and take a look at what's really going on, what could be the cause of this and that. I've had to be uh, like an excavationist, (laughs) digging things up and taking a look at them. I've had to rewire and refire uh, synapses in my brain. (laughs) Now, that might be too technical to put it that way. I have had to uh, use mindset and work on my belief systems and the things I say to myself, the things I say to others, the things that I say that are true but don't need to be repeated Gosh darn it, we don't need to get into drama. I've learned that. If I've learned nothing else, when a person passes away, you realize all the minutiae and drama of your life are not worth the time. They really aren't. Resilience is not inherited. It's learned. Travesty, yes, we all have a travesty here and there. Uh, Loss, yes, we're all going to experience loss. But we don't have to crumble. We can stumble without crumbling, and that means taking steps towards our bright future. Put one foot in front of the other, and soon you'll be walking across the floor. That's my advice for you today. Thank you for being patient with me. I'm sorry that last week we did not have an episode uploaded, but I promise to be diligent about giving you a new lesson each week. For now, your homework just might be to re-listen and to decide what are your number one, two, three. What can you do to either help you through something you're going through right now or prepare you for the future so that you don't have to be suddenly shocked when adversity comes? Because we're here on earth, (laughs) so it will. Love you lots and talk to you again soon. Bye-bye. Remember, you deserve to live your best life now.